Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. Today is the last day of April. Holy moly. I just can't even believe it. Today is Monday, April 30th. It's Mailbox Monday here at the podcast. We're going to talk about two different questions going completely different directions here at the podcast. We're going to talk about ways to curb spending for those of you who are struggling financially, or maybe you're not struggling, but you just want to start a a savings account, or you want to start homeschooling your kids, or you want to stay home with your kids. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. And we're going to talk to a mom who is really struggling uh, in her marriage. And I've got some encouragement for her as well. So stick around, you guys. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, so I am excited. This week I am heading to uh, teach them diligently in Mobile, Alabama. If you live anywhere in the Mobile area, you guys, uh, if you haven't gone to teach them diligently yet, you need to. It is probably one of my most favorite events that I do uh, throughout the year, and it's jam-packed full of all kinds of great information, tons of stuff for you to look at, lots of encouragement, and... I get to hug your neck. So if you're a podcast listener and you see me out on the road this season, please come and say hello. And uh, I'd love to just see how God is working in your life. But we appreciate your prayers as my husband and I traveled this weekend to teach them diligently in mobile. All right. I have a question today on the podcast, two of them, like I said, that I'll be answering. The first one comes from a listener in the Midwest. And she said, Dear Heidi, I keep hearing you talking about homeschooling and I want to but I don't believe my husband and I will ever be able to do it financially. We live on a single income and we are struggling, but we have two cars and live in a suburban area. Please tell me some ways that you think I could curb spending so that we can achieve our dream of homeschooling our children. So I thought, wow, this is such a great opportunity because I happen to have the amazing Erin Odom on the podcast with me again today, and she's going to help me tackle this question. So Erin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me back, Heidi. I am so excited that you're here. All right. So let's get right to it because uh, this is a split podcast. So let's get right to it. You have a ton of great ideas in your brand new book, You Can Stay Home With Your Kids. And one of the very, very first things that you tackle in that book is how to curb spending. And I think so many of us we're not um we're not self disciplined like we're going out and we're spending money on things we don't we could do ourselves uh or we just don't realize some ways that we can curb spending so i thought i'm going to i'm going to pitch this question right on over to you and then i'll just jump in as i need to but what are some ways that uh that moms well and dads too because there are lots and lots of dads that listen to this so let's say that their dream is uh for the mom to stay home with their kids or their dream is to homeschool their children, but they feel like it's out of reach. What are some ways that we can begin right now to curb spending in our homes? Well, one thing that almost sounds too simple is to reuse what you can. So for example, I think that in our culture, we're so used to buying napkins and paper towels and things like that. But what if we bought a set of cloth napkins And what if we use dish towels to wipe up spills instead of paper towels? What if we were to buy a set of reusable snack and sandwich bags and use those when we packed picnic lunches or when we were packing lunches, you know, for our kids to go to school if they do go to school? Those are some really simple ways to save from buying things. You could take those things off your grocery list altogether just by reusing things. 
if you have if you have a baby, consider switching to cloth diapers. I switched to cloth diapers when our oldest was two, and I have and she actually was still in diapers at the time. So I have used the same set of cloth diapers for four children now. That's amazing. Actually, you win on that one because I <laughs> I was like the oldest of uh, six girls. And so I pretty much raised my three younger sisters doing cloth diapers. And when I had my first baby, I was like, oh, no, I'm not doing that again. They are sending people to the moon. They can make a biodegradable diaper. <laughs> so I was the girl who was like, you know, consigning my clothes so that I could buy disposable diapers. That is so funny. Well, you know, I never imagined I would do it. And I learned to love it so much. I actually wrote a manual for, for how to cloth diaper. That was I my know. You're the girl. I told you. I sweat you, girl. I was like, nope, I'm doing disposable. <laughs> but I will tell you, I do use a combination now with my fourth child. I use uh, cloth and disposable diapers, depending yeah. on what kind of season we're in. But something else that is so simple that I really didn't even know how much money it was saving me until I was researching for my book is to wash your laundry on cold water. So when Reach I first... It. When I first got married, I don't know who gave me this tip, but I am forever indebted to them. They told me to wash on cold. And so for 13 years now, I have been washing almost everything on cold water. Now, I will say I do wash our cloth diapers on hot water and I wash our linens, anything that's heavily soiled. But when I was researching for my book, I learned that by washing on cold water, you can actually be cutting the energy your washing machine uses by nearly 90%. What? Yes. I did not know that. I did not know it either. And so that is something super simple you could begin to do and see your energy bill decline. I something, love that. Something else that has to do with your with your uh, electric bill is to cook more energy efficient. And so instead of using your oven a whole lot, because your oven uses a whole lot more energy than smaller appliances, switch to using the toaster oven when you can or the crock pot or the Instapot or, or a skillet you will be saving energy and you're also going to be um, lowering your energy bill in another way because the oven will heat up the whole house, which will trigger your air conditioner to work hot more. And so when you choose to use smaller appliances to cook with instead of your oven, you're going to actually be cutting down that energy a whole lot. I love that. And as you you and I have talked about, I love my crock pot. I'm having like an affair with my crock pot. I think it, I think it not only saves us money because, you know, I've raised seven children on one income for uh, almost 30 years now, but it saved us money and it's really good. There, I mean, it's really, really, I mean, it's just, yeah, I love my crock pot. I can't even talk about it enough. It's making me hungry just thinking about it. <laughs> Something else, Heidi, is to save for Christmas year round so that you don't get to November or December and all of a sudden see where you're spending so much more money and you're going into credit card debt. So what my husband and I do, we have a designated Christmas fund that we put into our monthly budget. And it's not a whole lot every month, but it's enough. So that every month we put in a little bit. So when it comes time for Christmas, we have that Christmas fund that's been accumulating all year long. I love that. I also think there's there's something that I've noticed, and I, I love that you uh, you talked about this in your book, is you basically said, uh, stop browsing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, stop. for the love, can we just get off of Amazon? <laughs> 
Absolutely. So I laugh and tell people I rarely ever go to the store unless it's Aldi. And I've trained myself to not log into the different online stores unless I'm looking for something because it's really setting yourself up for disaster, especially if you have a spending problem to go into a store and just browse. Because nine times out of 10, you're going to buy something when you're there and you're going to be spending money that you don't need to spend or you may not have to spend. And so I really think that if shopping is a hobby and you struggle, you're struggling financially, then it's time to find a new hobby. (laughs) Time to to find. Okay, moms, like some of the moms listening to this and they're like, shoot fire because they're listening to this podcast on the way to Macy's right now. Well, you know, it boils down to what I think we talked in the other show. What do you really want? Right. Do you really want to stay at home with your kids? Do you really want to homeschool your kids? Do you really want to send your kids like my kids go to a a part-time Christian school? If you really want these things, then it's worth denying yourself some of those other things that take up your time and your money. And, you know, speaking of denying yourself, one of the things that you said that I really, really I kind of, it kind of like, oh, that one hurts. Uh, A way to curb spending is to slash the phone bill. But you know what? We love our iPhones, Erin. We love us some iPhone and some Android. So what do you, what do you say? What are some ways that we can uh, cut our phone bill? So I would say definitely shop around for the different phone plans. So for example, where I live in North Carolina, Verizon is very big. But when my husband and I were looking at a phone plan, Verizon was a lot more expensive than Straight Talk, which is offered through Walmart. So that's what we use. But if you don't need or use a lot of data, you might want to look into an even more basic phone service. There's one that is called um, Republic Wireless. And I have friends that rave about it. It's very cost effective and it's very good for people who still have smartphones but don't use a whole lot of data. Something else, if you want to have a home phone for whatever reason or feel like you need a home phone, look into switching to a VoIP phone, a voice over internet phone. My family has been using OMA, O-O-M-A, since 2009. At the time, it was a one-time setup fee, and we haven't had to pay for it since. We have what looks like a home phone that uses the internet. It looks just like a a cordless phone, and we haven't had a bill since 2009. When I wrote my book, though, I did some research. It requires a very minimal yearly fee. I think it was less than $5. Wow. That's amazing. I should look into that. We did that with the Homeschool Resource Center because obviously we need phone lines there. Um, and we switched from our local phone company, which was astronomically expensive, to a voice over IP phone system, and it literally cut our bill by 75%. I totally believe it. And it's like these are the best kept secret. They're out there. They've been out there for a while, but people are still learning about them. Mm-hmm. You can also use prepaid cell phones or even go to a basic flip phone without data. And you know what? My kids are much too young for cell phones. But I'm keeping in the back of my head that option for them because I really don't want them to have smartphones at their fingertips. No, and I actually, I mean, that's a whole other podcast, right? But I think that's really wise. Um, why do we? Why do these kids need data on their phones? Why do they need to be, have Facebook on their phones? They really, they need a phone so that if something happens, they can get a hold of their parents, <laughs> right? I mean, Absolutely. that's why, yeah, that's why we give them phones. I think part of it 
is that we feel like these are things that we need when we don't really need them. My friend uh, Kristen wrote on her blog a couple of weeks ago that they had decided to take uh, the the data basically off of their cell phones. They all had iPhones, and they decided they're gonna they're they're gonna take them off their phones, and they're just gonna access the internet on their laptops. And she said it has literally like I haven't been able to do it yet, Aaron, partly because I I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, because I travel all the time. So there's so many times I'm sitting on an airplane and I'm, you know, posting on Facebook or I'm doing things I need to do. But she said it has literally changed their life. She said they're, they're talking to their kids more. They feel like they're more, they're making better eye contact. And I'm, I, I don't know. I think, uh, it's something I've really been thinking about just for myself. Cause I'm like, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I still have my smartphone, but I did take Facebook off my phone about two and a half months ago. And I don't travel like you do, but I will say it has been a game changer. I oh, yeah. have really enjoyed just the more breathing room it has given me in my life not to have Facebook on my phone because it had become an addiction. You yes. know, any any downtime, I was checking Facebook on my phone. Yep. I totally agree. I absolutely agree. It, it's a It's a huge deal. And Let's be honest, uh, they're mining your data. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, there's always that. Well, Erin, thank you so much for coming on this show today. Where can listeners find you and where can they find your book? So they can find me at thehumbledhomemaker.com and they can find my book at youcansayhomewithyourkids.com. Awesome. Thanks, Erin, for coming on the show today. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. Thanks. All right. So the next question that I'm going to address on the podcast today came from a mom who asked if she could remain anonymous. And she said, Dear Heidi, I know you get questions a lot about marriage. I hope you'll indulge mine. Well, I'm happy to do that. (laughs) She said, my husband is not a leader in our home, at least not spiritually. And I find myself discouraged and even angry. How can I help my husband become the spiritual leader in our home? All right. Uh, this is a question I get out on the road, especially when I'm doing the MomStrong Conference. Every MomStrong Conference, we take a little bit of time, and I do a Q&A for about an hour during the lunch portion of the MomStrong Conference. And uh, there's a couple of things that I wanted to just point out really, really quickly here. The first thing is, I don't believe that was ever God's heart. I mean, it is his heart for the husband to be the leader of the home, a uh, spiritual leader of the home. That is his role. Many men today are not taking that role with their families, and I see a lot of women who are angry about it. And honestly, you guys, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but you're kind of blowing it by uh, nagging your husband into being the spiritual leader of your home, by reminding him that he's not doing a good enough job. You know, uh, for the number of men that I talk to, and my husband and I both talk to out on the road during my speaking season, and even the emails that we get, um, a lot of these guys, I mean, we've done a an incredibly good job in the culture of emasculating our men. So we basically said uh, in the feminist movement, we don't need you, we don't want you. And then the other uh, sharp reaction to that is to criticize them when they don't do enough. So uh, we're the feminists are screaming, uh, the man haters are out there going, we can do this by ourselves, we can have babies by ourselves, which by the way, you can't. I just want to throw that in there. And then the Christians, especially uh, the ones who have grown up in Christian homes or they've read about how God wants the man to be the leader of the home, a lot of these women are just uh, nagging and ungrateful wives who are wishing that their husbands would be somebody he wasn't. And so I don't think it was God's heart 
for this to be a deal breaker in your marriage or for you to be become this wife who's just constantly uh, frustrated and angry at her husband because he he's not doing the spiritual leader thing in your home. Either he's not doing it at all or he's not doing it the way that you want him to do. So a couple of things that, that I want to do is remind you, first of all, uh, your job, women, is to respect your husbands, right? The wife is the wife is called to be a completer of her husband and to respect him. Colossians three verse eighteen: Wives submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Ephesians five: Wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the savior. Proverbs fourteen verse one: The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands. The foolish one tears hers down. I think sometimes this it can uh, it can very easily wade into the foolish woman part who tears her house down with her own hands. And a lot of the way that we do that is through tearing down our husband. So, a couple of tips I just want to encourage you. I don't think everybody uh, is married to a, a natural born leader. Just because the man is supposed to be the leader in the home doesn't mean that that's his natural gifting. Maybe your husband doesn't feel mature enough in his walk with the Lord to understand what it means to be the spiritual leader of his home. So the first thing that we want to do when we're frustrated in this area of our lives, women, is to pray for your husband. Uh, I I honestly don't know a woman who's walking with the Lord who doesn't long for the loving uh, leadership of her husband in their home. But listen, that leadership can take lots of different forms. Uh, one family is going to look different from another family. And women, I just want to encourage you to pray for your to pray for your husband. Uh, he needs your prayers. Men are under the men, just like marriage and uh, the family, are under tremendous assault in the in the culture right now. And I don't have to go into the news, which you guys know I love to do on Mailbox Monday. I don't have to go into the news very far to let you know that biblical values are under assault right now. Uh, the wonderful governor of California is trying to get the Bible banned in California. Why? Hate speech. It's the same thing the feminist movement scream and yell uh, because the Bible says that the husband is to be the leader of the home. That doesn't give him permission to abuse you. It also doesn't give you permission to abuse him when he's not being the leader of the home that you want him to be. So the first place you want to start is by praying for your husband. Pray that the Lord would give him confidence. Pray that he provide him with a mentor. We are sorely lacking good mentors uh, in the culture right now. And one of the things that's on my heart is to say to grandparents and to older men and women everywhere, hey, you don't get to just retire and ride off into the sunset. There's a whole other generation of young people coming up behind you that need your wisdom and your mentoring. So pray that the Lord brings a mentor for your husband that can uh, that can encourage him in his walk with the Lord and show him what it means to be the spiritual leader in your home. The last thing I want to do is uh, to give you a couple of things that you can do. I had a mom uh, not too long ago tell me that her husband has absolutely forbidden them to go to church. She became a Christian after they were married and, uh, and he is still not a Christian. And she said she is desperate to go to church, but her husband is like, nope, we're not going to church on Sunday because Sunday's my my day off and that's when I want to be with my family. And I just really, I put my arms around her because I can see her heart is breaking. But I was like, listen, love your husband. Keep your marriage intact. I don't think the Lord would have you sacrifice your marriage on the altar of going to church. I really don't. And the, and the Lord is going to help you find ways that you can uh, teach your children about the Lord. 
You can do it doing devotions at breakfast time. You can uh, take your kids to, I don't know, Awana on Wednesdays. You can get them devotional books. There's a lot of ways, moms, that you can get the word into the hearts of your children that don't in, in that don't encourage uh, a separation between you and your husbands. So we want to keep our priorities straight here. And so for those of you whose husbands are not spiritual leaders in your homes, that it's okay for you then to step in and fill that void, right? So it's okay for you to say, hey, we're going to do devotions and invite your husband. Say, I'm going to read uh, to the kids. We're going to read uh, through the book of John this month. Or here's what we're doing at Mom Strong International. We're studying, uh, we're studying spiritual warfare. Invite him to join in uh, on it. And instead of making him, you know, instead of handing him the book and saying, you're supposed to do this or embarrassing him or making him feel like he's less than, invite him into the process. Invite him to participate in your process of discipling and training up your children, which is what God has asked us to do. So I just want to encourage you not to make this a legalistic thing that causes tension in your marriage. And the same thing goes, men, for those of you who are listening and you just feel like your wife just is not that Proverbs 31 girl. You know, so many of the of the moms and dads that I talk to out on the road will tell me that they're discouraged because they feel like their their wife isn't doing a very good job homeschooling. So the first thing they do when they get home from work is say, what did you do today? Well, guys, hey, eh, wrong question. <laughs> the first thing you want to do is say, look at you. You survived today. I'm so proud of you. You did such a good job. And you hug your kids and you tell your wife that you love it, that she's been in those same yoga pants for the last three days. And you love that messy thing she's doing with her hair. Encourage your wife. Sometimes that means you lie to her right? Sometimes that means you tell her she looks awesome when she doesn't. Your job is to encourage her and love her, is to lay down your life for her like Christ laid down his life for the church. And women, your job is to love and respect your husband. And honestly, you guys, if we were doing this the way that God has has blueprinted it out for us in his word, I think that we would see marriages changing. And it's going to require that we look in the mirror and we say, Lord, what do I need to change? What is it about my life that's not pleasing to you? What is it? What is my part in my struggling marriage? How can I how can I fix my part? Get your eyes off of your spouse, put them first on yourself, ask the Lord to do a work in your heart, and then believe that he will. Uh, marriage was meant to be a covenant relationship, a covenant that we enter into for life. God says that we're no longer two, but one when we come uh, together as a husband and wife. And so I want to just encourage you to honor God's priority of marriage in your home and don't sacrifice it because your husband's not the quote spiritual leader that you want him to be. Don't sacrifice it, men, because uh, your wife isn't uh, isn't the, the Proverbs 31 woman that you want her to be. Instead, let's pray for each other. And women, if your husband's not going to pick up the mantle and lead your family, it's okay for you to step in that gap start teaching your children, start getting in the word with your kids. I want to just encourage you guys, come on over, join us at MomStrong International. We are getting ready to wrap up the month of April there. And then we're going to start a brand new month in spiritual warfare. We're going to be going through the book of Ephesians. Whoa, you guys, there's so much awesome stuff in the book of Ephesians. That's where the scripture writing challenge is going to head uh, starting this week. And so I just want to encourage you to a place of stepping into the gap for your children, praying for, loving, and respecting your husband, and then believing that there is a blessing in that obedience, and there is a blessing in it. Thanks for listening to the podcast today, everybody. If you've got a question for me at Mailbox Monday, shoot me an email, podcast at thebusymom.com. Please, please, please put Mailbox Monday 
in the subject line. Don't put anything else in there. Don't say question for the podcast. Don't say anything like that. If you say Mailbox Monday, it'll get filtered to where it needs to go. So shoot me an email with the subject Mailbox Monday to podcast at thebusymom.com. I'm gonna come back on Wednesday and we're gonna talk a little bit about the belt of truth. It's the last week of our study for the month of April. And then we're gonna get ready to start a brand new month at MomStrong International. If you haven't subscribed yet and you're not getting these Bible studies, women, you are missing out. You're missing out on Kids Strong. You're missing out on uh, on the tips and tricks that we give you to study the word of God. And you're basically just missing out on a super awesome Bible study. So join us over at MomStrongInternational.com and I will see you back here. We're going to talk about it on Wednesday. For more encouragement, visit me online at TheBusyMom.com.